Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. Happy Commercial Real Estate Friday. You guys, we've got Eddie Gonzalez in the house, or I should say, in your speakers, <laughs> because I'm not in anyone's house except my own. But anyway, I got to connect with Eddie, and Eddie and I actually met on Instagram, thanks to Jason Siano, who you know from episode 10 of this podcast. Anyway, Eddie is a personality on Instagram when it comes to what he talks about. His his content is consistent. It is largely focused on commercial real estate, and you can tell that he's a hustler and he is ready and open and willing to connect with you on Instagram. So he shot me a DM and he was like, hey, let's connect. Let's like FaceTime, get to know each other. I want to network with you essentially and talk about real estate. And we had a really good chat in January and now he's on the podcast. And what I love about this episode, you guys, is it talks about, like, first of all, he has a never give up attitude. When doors seem to be closed, he finds a way or a letter as a way to get to people. And if you are in any type of job that requires cold calling or networking, you will have a lot of takeaways from this episode because Eddie talks a lot about how he's been able to break into the commercial real estate industry when that wasn't his initial career path. So I think you'll find that interesting as well. What I love and why I titled this Instagram and commercial real estate with Eddie is because I love the way he uses Instagram. I love how thoughtful he is with his strategy, but also creative and also he's malleable. You know, he he doesn't have just one way to do it. He's open to meeting new people. He was open to coming out of this podcast. And before I ramble too much, I'm just going to let you dig on into this episode and I really encourage you to connect with him, especially if you are in real estate because I know and Eddie if you're listening, you're probably going to smile about this. I know he'll respond. I know he'll be someone that will actually connect with you in a meaningful way. So Eddie, Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for your vulnerability. And hopefully I will be seeing you at ICSC. How are you this morning? I am so good. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you much. Well, I'm glad we could get this on the schedule. I've been really pumped to talk about you or talk about you and with you because of kind of what you do with commercial real estate and technology and so many other things. So how are you feeling? Oh, like a million bucks. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm glad it's Friday. I like, ironically, I get like renewed energy on Fridays. So it's a fun time to do these things. So I was actually glad we moved it to today. Awesome. I like that. Well, good. I like to get started with a quote and I'm going to read you a quote and then you're just going to kind of Quickly tell me how it hits you. And I like to do this just so that people can get a feel for the way you think and more about you than just what your bio might say. So the quote today is, never count on making a good sale. Have the purchase price be so attractive that even a mediocre sale gives good results. And that was Warren Buffett. How does that strike you? You know, I like that quote and it reminds me of something that a gentleman said that is a mentor type to me. And one of the things that he said is, I'm not here to advertise your property. I'm here to sell your property, which kind of speaks to the same lines as I'm here to provide a service for you. And it's going to be a a really good service. So that's what we need to provide to the buyer or the customer of whatever that product might be, which in our case is commercial real estate. Yeah. Awesome. I li- and I like that you mentioned that you have a mentor because that is something that I journaled going into 2019. I wrote down that, you know, I think you can find mentorship from various people, but I kind of journaled that that's something I wanted to find this year. Um, and it, it hasn't found me yet. I haven't found the right person to be in a mentorship program with, but I'm so into that. So I love that you said that. And I'd like to get into that a little bit more later. But before we go there, let's have you do the second question I usually ask people, which is you're sitting on a plane and someone asks you, what do you do? And I used to hate this question. So now I like to give it to my interviewees. 
<laughs> That's great. You know, I used to have a very cookie cutter thing that I used to say, and I'm not going to say that. Okay. But I had a I had a meeting recently with a client prior to her being my client, and at the end of the conversation, she said, "Eddie, I just want you to help me make my dreams come true with this business." Oh. So if I was going to sit next to somebody on the airplane. I would now say I make tenants' dreams come true by finding them the perfect location. I love that. That is, and, and honestly, that is kind of how I've been feeling lately as well, because I've been working with a lot of new concepts and there's a ton of risk involved because if they don't have credit or a reputation or a brand that's well known, landlords are going to, you know, have, have their own opinions of that. And because I want to get as much experience as possible, I'm representing these new concepts, but it's definitely an uphill battle. So how do you feel about, do you feel like you choose, well, first first question, do you do largely tenant rep or do you do largely landlord rep? And then second, how do you go after clients and tenants? I would say that I'm 50-50 at this point. I love both and I just can't push myself in one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. And my days are literally split. Normally in the mornings, I will be calling on landlords. In the afternoons, I'm either calling, DMing, or cold walking tenants. Okay, pause real quick. You're DMing your tenants? Potential tenants, absolutely. I love that. So I do that too. And Every time when I first did it, I felt really awkward about that. And then I just thought to myself, you know, that I guess the awkwardness I felt was based on the fact that if you pull up my Instagram, you're not just going to see real estate listings and quotes about real estate. You're going to see my fitness life, my personal life, all those things. And so if I'm calling on a, or if I'm reaching out to a fitness tenant, great, makes sense. But if it's another one, then I feel awkward. And how have you aligned your Instagram or gotten yourself to a place with your online brand that you feel really good about reaching out to those people? And what strategies do you use? I think that listening to people like Gary Vee and actually just being who you're going to be, you have nothing to hide from. The stuff that you see on my Instagram is it's just going to be who I am. And yes, I'm silly. And yes, I'm goofy. And guess what? I take a bath every night. And sometimes I'm going to do an Instagram from the bathtub. I love that. <laughs> it's so awesome. So it's me. That's who I am. And guess what? If someone doesn't like it, that's okay. We might not be of the perfect fit. And it's great to know that up front. And I feel like the same way on the other end of things, if somebody's portraying who they really are, it's a great thing. You know up front whether or not the relationship's a fit. It's, commercial real estate is so much like dating, it's crazy. Actually, that's a, another really good point. And I'm glad you bring that up because I want to get into networking because essentially networking is like dating as well. But the really, I think, important thing since we're so early into this recording too, to note for the followers is or listeners is that this doesn't have to be commercial real estate specific, right? You can reach out to someone about your makeup services or your finance services or whatever it is in the same way that you just described, which is just be who you are. Because if you truly connect with somebody because you know who they really are, you can develop such a stronger relationship. And I think my holdup, if you will, regarding what I mentioned about, you know, should I reach out to this person because of my image online was only because I feel like, and you, I would love to see what your perspective is. I feel like in some ways the commercial and real estate industry is a little bit behind. I would say it's a lot bit behind. Oh, good. I love <laughs> yeah. So like we're what we're few, but that means we have an edge, right? I think so. I think so. And, you know, it's interesting because we actually had a conversation in the office yesterday. One of the guys who not that long ago said, I don't want to be in your little video, came up to me and said, hey, can you explain to me what an influencer is? Wow. Okay. So he I, was just 20 steps behind you. Exactly. 
I thought it was great. It's great. It's forward progress. Totally, totally, totally. I think I would love to know if you have any like mini success stories with DMing on Instagram. I have so many, many success stories. I, I don't know which one that I should share with you first. A lot of the tenants that I either reach out to or are currently working with are from Instagram. Okay, so obviously you and I both know, but the audience might not know how some of the information we can't, we just can't share. Totally. So I'll just tell you that I'm working with a company that does doggy daycare and we're looking in a, in a very popular area right now. And that was a relationship that was based off her husband owns a different type of business. And that started as a DM of, hey, my wife is looking for this. Is that something that you do? So it was an inbound deal. So cool. But that's, it's like law of attraction. What you were putting out into the universe on your posts, your lives, your videos attracted him to you. And that is so cool. Yeah. And the other thing that I really like, so I do landlord rep as well. And one of the landlords that I absolutely love this gentleman, he's become a dear friend of mine. He's gone to the, to the place where he's like, Eddie, you know, we do these, we do these window stickers or we're going to do these window stickers. He goes, how do, how do you feel about me putting your Instagram name on the windows for all the spaces we're going to lease? And I thought that is so cool. That is so cool because I think everyone listening, regardless of what they know or not about real estate, has seen a sign in a window before that says for lease. And it's usually for lease and then a big phone number. But Mm -hmm. that's like the the new way. And I'm sure more... So this is a funny example, but you know, with uh, not commercial, with residential, it's very common to see someone's headshot, right? On like a for sale sign on a home, you know, thing that you stick in the front yard. And that's because they wanted to seem personable and friendly and nice. And so it's a smiley photo of them on the flyer. And now what better way than having your Instagram handle on the sign? Because then the person gets to open up a page and see a million cool videos, posts, whatever that you're putting out there. So I think that right there is a good nudge to people listening to say, really think about what your profile says about what good you do like in the world. Absolutely. 100%. And will you tell everyone how we kind of met and connected? Yeah. So we met through direct messaging yes. and I saw you on one of Jay, one of his posts. So it was in a story mm-hmm. and I don't remember if it was you and him doing an interview, but and that was several months ago now. And afterwards, I just reached out to you and I said, hey, you seem like a really cool girl. I love what you're doing. I think we should probably connect. And then we went back and forth, which then led into a phone call, which then led into a live video. And now here we are. Yeah, I love it. And I love the stuff that you're putting out there. And I know we kind of touched on this a while back, but have you ever, what are, what hurdles have you faced with regards to social media and being online and being in, you know, in the old school traditional real estate world? And I guess my example would be that, you know, with somebody who's used to seeing an eight to five job or that's all they know is office life eight to five. And they follow me on Instagram, they know I do real estate, but I take, you know, an hour from noon to one to be doing a podcast or I'm teaching a fitness class at 7am. They might think, oh, is this girl really working? Like that's something that maybe I have to face them not trusting my work ethic. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit about what hurdles you faced. You know, the, the one and only hurdle that I really had, and this is why I had to be careful when I was talking about the doggy daycare, is I lost a deal. And I'm 99% sure it was due to social media and it was due to a post that I posted prematurely. So that, that was a big hurdle, but that was also a really good learning situation. And it was great because now I know that, okay, we can compile, if we're out looking for a building for a client, we can compile a bunch of footage. We can build a sweet little video. And then when it closes, that's when I'll post it. Mm, love that because it is definitely something to be aware of and it's something 
that I think a lot of people, again, outside of commercial real estate also have to talk, have to think about what information they keep to themselves too, with regards to the type of work they're doing. But my question, my next question is, you know, you clearly have spent time on your social media brand, your presence, your consistent effort with that, how you show up. And when we spoke, you mentioned that you haven't been in real estate super long. And so I'd love to know, did you start posting more consistently? And I guess with more intent once you began your role in commercial real estate or has that been something you've been doing for years? That's a really good question. I would say prior to, so I have a personal page and I have my business page. The business page, I didn't start until just over a year into the business. Mm -hmm. And that started a little bit off a whim and I'll, I'll tell you the short story. My senior partner has been in the business for 18 years now. And one of the things that he and one other lady in Phoenix did to really kind of get their footing was utilize Craigslist when it first came out to put all their listings on Craigslist. And that's how they initially got their traction. And I, I went to my senior partner. I'm like, hey, I think that this is a good idea, this Instagram business thing. And he's like, Eddie, that reminds me of Craigslist 18 years ago. He said, run with it. He's like, it's not really my thing, but I want you to run with it. And that's what really kind of lit the fire under me. That's so empowering. I think just that one exchange you had with him motivated you to go after it. Sky's the limit kind of vibe. And it that also speaks to just what type of leader he must be because he trusts you. He is unbelievable. His name's Rami Majahed. He's one of the leading guys in Phoenix. He's a retail broker that does land development as well. And he's one of my best friends, and I, I love him to death. He's the best, And he's also one of my mentors. I've, I've got mel- multiple mentors, but I, he's my go-to. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I really do want to circle back to mentorship. But before we go there, can you talk to us about how you got into commercial real estate and maybe why, if you have like one really firm, why? So I worked at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company with Rami Majahed. He was the first person I interacted with when I went to the hotel. And about two years into me working there, he left and went into commercial real estate. And we would have lunch probably three or four times a year, and we would talk about it, and we would talk about it, and we would talk about it. And then finally, I'm like, you know what? I think it's time. And he's like, cool, go get your real estate license. And I really, I was kind of dragging my feet as far as getting the license goes. And that's when the recession hit. And it was really bad in Phoenix. And we had lunch one day, and he's like, man, you know, I know you want to do this, but the timing is not right. He said, stick with, stick with the hotel. So I did. I stayed there another four years. And then there was actually an announcement that the hotel company was Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company was going to close the Phoenix Hotel. And the timing, it's, it's funny. Like, everything happens for a reason. They announced it. I went to lunch with them the same day, and we just kind of got the ball rolling. And I'm on his team now. There's four of us in the team. And it's awesome. I absolutely love it. I, I really wish I would have done it better but or earlier, but I truly feel like everything happens for a reason. That is so amazing. And I, I also believe in timing, but I think it's really cool that you stayed in touch with him even before you knew what your next move was going to be. You just probably knew you liked being near him and around him. And so as far as the mentorship goes, did he kind of, did you feel like, the way you two interacted was very him mentoring you and you the mentee, or was it more friendship? Like, would you formally call him a mentor or who would you say your you know biggest mentor is currently? And then why do you have multiple? You know, I would say that our relationship was very tight going into it. So it was a, it was a very, it is a tight mentorship. I feel like we can very easily switch gears into, hey, this is personal stuff. This is what's going on with family. And then we can come over here and say, okay, this is what's going on with business. Which it, And literally, it's like the switch of a light. It, it's cool because we can, we can easily do that. We've known each other for so long that 
It just flows very well. Here's the other thing that I like about my office. When I say I have multiple mentors, the way that our office flows, and I think it has a lot to do with the SVN culture, is if Rami is maybe not in his office and I've got a high-level question, I can go to anyone in the office. I mean, anyone, and they can walk me through whatever's going on. There's a group that just does mostly office that sits next to me, and I'm kind of working their area, retail buildings. So there's a lot of stuff that bounces back and forth as far as information goes. And we're bouncing information off each other. We're giving each other ideas. We're thinking outside of the box. So those guys, I would all consider mentors. And even now, with all the podcasts that we can listen to, all the information that we can get online, I consider, you know, like a Gary V type, I consider him partially mentors. And then we've got kind of the digital family is what we call our little group of commercial real estate brokers. And, you know, I've got Jason in New York, and I've got Natalie, and I've got Dan in Vegas. And it's just so cool that we've got all these different people that you can just bounce ideas off of. And no one's scared to share information. Because we all know that in today's age, you can get information anywhere. But it's just really cool to kind of have all those personalities and be able to share and have that mentorship. Yeah. And, and I think as these concepts in retail grow and go national, it's nice to know just to have insight or have eyes on the ground in other cities and states. So it's, it's one thing to have a friend or someone in your network in another state, but someone you can just with technology today, just shoot a DM like, Hey, have you seen this concept around New York yet? Or how's this being received? Like it's, I think that's so interesting too, because in a lot of ways, like you mentioned earlier, you get to make tenants dreams come true. But in another way to look at it is, you know, you're bringing retailers to your community when you're working locally. That's funny that you say that because I forgot about this story until just now. Gabriel Gonzalez is in Florida and he gave me a call, I don't know, a few months ago. And he's like, hey, this particular fitness concept, I know you have them in Arizona and we wanted to bring them to our shopping centers in Florida. He's like, do you know anything about them? And I looked it up real quick and I'm like, you know what? There's one right down the street from my house. And he's like, and we went back and forth. And on Sunday, I went down there when it was slow time at the gym. And I talked to the general manager. I'm like, hey, can I take a bunch of pictures? I want to send these to my friend. And the guy was all about it. Hey, guys, sorry to interrupt. If you didn't know, I am the CEO, founder, and head coach at Crossroads of Fitness. And our claim to fame is the Dare to Eat Fat Loss Program. I wanted to let you know that we are actively taking on new clients. I have two other lead coaches right now. And if you are interested in losing six to 12 pounds in 12 weeks, we want to work with you. We teach what is scientifically proven to be the sustainable rate of fat loss. And you can check out the links in the show notes that will take you to our program offerings on our website. You can always email me or DM me on Instagram. I am happy to enroll you as a new client. I would love to work with you. If you have any questions, let me know and dare to eat. It's really like a win-win too when you think about it because most concepts want to grow, right? That's the ultimate goal is to Mm -hmm. have more locations and make more money and all these things. And so having someone connect them, the the person who can help them is huge. And like you said, it, it is... It's like dating, but it's just one big, massive network. And I think more than ever, I've become thankful for my network, like retroactively, because I got Instagram my senior year of college. I was pretty young when it was a thing. And as I met people in my life, connect with them. And now that I've lived in multiple cities, I look back and I can just, same thing he did, shoot someone a DM. Hey, how's that juice place? You know, and, and it really, truly helps commercial real estate. So I guess that is just really good advice for someone listening who wants to get into commercial real estate or is like, look into who you follow. Because even if it's an old sorority sister from Oklahoma, they might be able to, you know, connect you to a new concept. So I love that story. Do you have any advice for someone looking to get into commercial real estate? Like, I'd love to know if you don't mind sharing 
what your financial situation was when you started, because a lot of people start with a, you know, being commission only, or maybe it's a developer, so they have a salary, or maybe they take a draw. Like, how did you make that shift? So that's a great question. And the advice, a I had access to some very, very, very high decision makers working for the Ritz-Carlton because the location of the hotel was right in the middle of the Camelback Corridor. And the Camelback Corridor is where all of the commercial real estate offices are. So any heavy hitter, developers, brokers, all of those guys would either come into the hotel for their breakfast meetings or for their lunch meetings. So I got a lot of information prior to even knowing that I was going to be in the industry. And once I kind of pulled the trigger and knew that was what was going to happen, I was actually, the Ritz had closed. I had my license and then I needed income because my position is 100% commission-based. Wow. So I actually worked at the Omni Montalucia Resort for eight months while I was working commercial real estate. So my schedule was I would come into the office at 8 a.m. I would leave the office at in between 3 and 4. I would go to the Omni from 4.30 to 11 p.m. Yeah, that was eight months. The Omni worked with me, so they were really nice about giving me two weekdays off. So I'd normally be off on like a Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'd get that midweek where I could really focus on meetings and everything on the commercial end of things. But it was a grind. It was so tough. It was so tough. Like, What was your, I mean, I think money is a huge motivator for everyone, but beyond just a dollar sign, what was it for you that got you out of bed every day that, you know, got you to drive to the Omni and go through the hard work? I'm sure it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. And honestly, I didn't, it was almost like one of those things where you, you have your habits and just like going to work seven days a week all the time was just a habit. It, it just kind of fell into a place. After a couple months, it wasn't terrible. It's just kind of like, okay, this is what I do. I just work all the time right now. But just knowing that there was an end in sight was kind of the like, okay, I know, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And the fact that I did have Rami and my team around me, and the fact that I came into a situation where I did have some stuff to work on, I think that is crucial, crucial, crucial. So if you're a brand new broker and you're just going out there and doing it, it could be really frustrating at first if you have nothing to work on, period. And when the new guys come in, I also do the dating thing, right? So if you go back to dating, there's going to be a guy that goes up to a girl and First, you have to court them, and then you ask them out on the date, and then you go on the date, and then you see if you like each other, and you go through the whole process, right? That, that's the same thing with commercial real estate. You're not going to go up to a building owner and say, hi, my name's Eddie. Do you want to get married? Because that's basically what it is, is the marriage is being able to sell their building for them. You've earned their trust, and they like you, and there's just a lot to it, and I think I kind of skewed off a little bit, but... If you're new in the business, it's all about finding a mentor. It's all about getting with a group that makes sense, that you jive with, and that you at least are able to get a little bit of traction at first. Because the developers that I talked to, they said, Eddie, pretty much bank on making $0 for your first three years. That that was the mindset is you're going to make $0 for your first three years. And Bo, who's one of my other partners, he's like, hey, listen, look at it like this. You're going to law school. Your first three years, are you just learning? He's like, law, law, school, law school costs a lot of money. This, you're not spending a lot of money, and you might even be able to make a little bit of money. So I'm like, huh, yeah, that's smart. I get it. That's a really good analogy because I, I agree. It's a huge, It's a huge risk when you're commission only, and... The chances of making anything significant commission-wise in a, even the first year is super slim. So I really appreciate you opening up and sharing 
that perspective and kind of what got you through it and, and the, you know, luck that you had to have work and have a team because things like that can really keep you going. You know, I, I had a draw and that kind of puts added pressure on you because you're like, this person's kind of betting on me to do this and it is stressful, but you don't make money quickly, but you do have to find your own work and you really have to be bold enough. Like you mentioned with dating to like, even go up to the person to court them, right? You have to figure out how to court them. Like a really silly example of going back to the dating would be if you saw a girl at a gym at five o'clock on a Tuesday, that you really wanted to talk to her first. You're probably like seeing if she has a ring on her hand or, you know, what, where, what she's doing in the gym. And then you might go back at two at five o'clock the next Tuesday. You're not going to look at her, look for her on a Sunday and things like that with like, does the company I want to reach out to have an Instagram? Do they have a LinkedIn and, and courting from there? So when you first started, were you active on Instagram first or did that come later? I know you said you started building a brand pretty, pretty quickly, but as far as where you reached out to people, did you email, did you use LinkedIn, did you use Facebook, Instagram? Like what did you lean on the most? At first it was literally just cold calling. And someone recently asked me the question about if you were to do it over again, what would you do differently? I consider myself a pretty poor cold caller. And it might be my mentality that I just don't like getting cold calls. So I also don't like giving cold calls. But if I would were to do it over again, what I am good at, and I know that it has a lot to do with being in the hotel industry, is standing in front of someone and communicating well. I would have just started beating the streets, just absolute cold walk-ups, because that's still where I get quite a bit of business. Wow. And I mean, I guess that's true. And I think about some of the, like when you're with someone one-on-one and you have a really quality conversation and you're connecting, there's no reason why you wouldn't want to do meaningful work together. Right. Well, I, I got a listing the other day, two days ago, the... Gentleman that, and it's going to be a decent sale, I cold walked him. And then I tried to cold call him. I guess you could say it was a warm call. He hung up on me three times in a row. Oh my gosh. And I'm certain that he didn't know that I was the same person, but I have the listing and he reached out to me. Oh my gosh. Isn't it interesting? Yeah, that is. It's just how people are receiving information, I guess. And that and and just timing. Ah, uh, yeah, totally. What do you think is the most important quality for a commercial real estate broker to have? I'm listening to a book right now that pretty much sums it up. Grit. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I just started it, but so far it's like, yeah, this was pretty much written for commercial real estate advisors because... People are just going to say no, 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 no until they really need you. And you just need to be that top of mind person when that time comes. So lots and lots and lots of no's. And then every once in a while, you're going to land those yeses. But that makes so much sense, too, for people listening who are in, you know, you could be an author sending your book out. You hear no, 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 no. Or an actor. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so it's something I think a lot of us need to get better at, because even going back to Instagram and in today's world of Instagram, you could post a picture. And if you get 50 likes in the first five minutes, that's kind of like a bunch of mini like validating yeses to just something as simple as a picture. And then when you work really hard on something and you really want a yes and you hear a no, you have to realize you probably need, you know, like you said, 50 more no's before you're, you get a yes. Absolutely. But that's another great thing about social media is a deal that we're kind of softly back burner working right now. Rami and I did a live video. And Rami put this guy into his initial space about eight years ago. And he said that he needed to expand. He reached out to me via DM and he said, hey, I saw you and Rami on a live video. And that reminded me that the lease is coming up in a year or so and we need a bigger space. So that's your top of mind. Totally. Wow. 
and and timing. <laughs> Top and, timing. and timing. Yeah. It's such a, and it's a long game too. You know, I, I feel like we hear about deals dying and you can't get that broken up about it because the chances of it coming back to life, you know, four more times is pretty hot. (laughs) You know, one of the things that Rami said very early on, I had a deal and it was like the only deal that I was working and I was super excited about it and it was dead. It was a dead deal. And he just looked he just looked me in the eye and he goes, You know how you feel right now about this dead deal? And he's like, That feeling that you're having is because it's gonna come back alive. He's like, they have to feel like they're dead before they go the distance. And he was right. He was that, so right. Yeah. It was just like, Okay. I yeah, I patience, it. patience, patience is such a oh, it's so hard, but so needed in this industry. Do you have a favorite project or favorite career highlight thus far in commercial real estate? You know, there's a project that we're working on, and I was thinking about this. The day that I started, it was a dirt lot, and we got to see the project go all the way from a dirt lot when Dairy Queen is one of our clients. So Dairy Queen purchased it. We built a pad building there. We've been doing the leasing and April 1st, we're going to take it out to market to sell the pad building with five tenants that have now leased the space. So that was one of the fun ones that I actually got to see a dirt lot that got developed that we tenanted and now we get to sell it. Yeah, that's cool. They take so long too, you know, and it's how long is it? How long did that project take? Three years. Three years. So, you know, it's kind of, I feel like, I think it might have been Jay Siano that said it, but it's like you need to be in commercial real estate like five years before you even kind of get it because some of these deal cycles just take so long. They really do. They really do. I mean, we've been working with one tenant on one of our properties on a big box space and they have come and gone three times now and it's been two years. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) On one deal. Yeah, I believe it. It's really, it's really can be frustrating or it can just be, I think I try to transfer that frustration to energy to go pursue a million things because everyone will say, how do you do a million things at once? It's like, I'm not really doing all of these things at the same time because the timing is just, it takes so long to plant a seed and like watch it grow. It does. It does. And that's one of the other pieces of advice that I was given is irons in the fire. You need a lot of irons in the fire because some of them are going to come true. The timing of them are all going to be a little bit scattered. But as long as you've got a ton of irons in the fire, you'll be good to go. I love that. And I'm going to combine kind of two questions now, but... Because of no, you know, knowing that you have all these irons in the fire and that it might take a while for any of them to even become warm, how do you stay positive and motivated to like to go out and do work and like during the frustrating times, during slow times, during busy times? And I think, you know, I could just say, how do you balance tenants and landlords? But I'm going to take it a step further and ask, how do you also balance showing up on Instagram? That is such a good question. As far as the balance portion of it goes, it's tough sometimes. It's just really tough because if like multiple things just fall out at the same time. And I feel like I'm pretty good about hiding that stuff. But if you ask my family, they'd probably say otherwise. (laughs) I think exercise has a huge amount to do with it for me. I like to go hiking and I live in an area, luckily, where the mountain is less than 10 minutes from my house. So I can get out to nature very easily and just kind of go out there and chill. And there are weeks that you'll probably know that I'm having a tough week, even though I might not say it. But if I'm on the mountain five, six or seven days, that's probably because I'm having a challenging week. Mm. And that really just kind of calms me down and makes me feel a little bit at ease as to what's happening. But it is, it's a stressful job. There's no doubt about it. There's really just no certainty, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you don't know necessarily if you're going to get a next paycheck or sometimes you don't know where that next paycheck's coming from. Yeah, that's such a good point. And aside from your mentor, 
Who has inspired you in your life, maybe outside of work? And then what advice did they give you? You know, there was a lady and it's kind of, it is work related. Her name was Natalie Wise and she was a mentor and I would say both life, relationship and also work. She was one of the, when I started at the Ritz, she was one of my managers and she worked her way up the ranks and she taught me so much about being consistent and being fair and forming relationships in the hotel industry, which all now rolled into and applies to commercial real estate. Wow. She is unbelievable. And every once in a while, I'll send her a text message and she's just, I don't know. It's, have you ever had a person in your life that's really tough on you, but tough on you in the right way that is just like helping you learn, grow and develop? That was Natalie Wise for me. I love that. Yeah, it's important. I think a lot of people listening are probably now racking their brain. Like, who was that for me? Because when you have that person, like you just said, they're tough. They're really like, it's like almost annoying or not hurtful, but like slightly, like you kind of want to be pissed at first because you're like, I am doing enough or I am there. I am trying, but they know you can do more. And I think it takes exactly. a, a special type of person to bring that out of you. Well, that's the thing too. She would bring me like to that breaking point, but know when to back off. Like when, so I operated the front drive. I was a door captain at the Ritz Carlton. So If an event went very well and we would jam, we had a small two lane driveway and we would jam 400 to 800 cars through that driveway in a matter of an hour. Wow. Our team was unbelievable, Garrett. We had such a good team. We were a well-oiled machine. And no no matter what happens, we would sit down after those events and we would look at it and we'd say, okay, well... This went well, this went well, this went well. How can we do this one better? Even if it was a perfect event, how could we do it just a little bit better? And that would piss me off so much when we sat down and had those meetings. Like, but it's what like, what can we do? <laughs> We're doing and we would, we would always figure out a way to tweak it just a little bit better to make it just a little bit better. And I feel like that's such a good lesson that you're probably applying that to everything from your cold calls to your cold walks to just building relationships. Like, how could I have done that better? Absolutely. That's what it's all about. I love that advice. And do you have anything that you're jumping out of bed for right now that's really motivating you that you're looking forward to this year, 2019? Honestly, I am a very early riser. I like to be in the office by six. And what really gets me going is kind of that next deal. Like, okay, myself and Blake Haggett, I think you're friends with him on Instagram as well. We do a bi-weekly phone call and just kind of re-energize each other and keep each other accountable. And we both always have this mindset of the very next phone call that we make could be the person that absolutely changes your career. Oh, I freaking love that. It's so true, though. Right? It's so hopeful to even think of it that way because it just puts out good energy into what you're doing. Of course. You you just don't know. And the type of people that we're calling, these guys that own shopping centers and own buildings, you really, I mean, some of the calls, if I truly knew who the person was on the other end of the call, I would probably be pretty darn intimidated. Totally. Yeah. It's nerve wracking. I think that's one thing that I've actually had to work on is just reminding myself, I'm calling a person. It's a human. They probably have kids or they have parents or they're a sister or a brother and like try to channel that type of human to human connection because you're right. It can be so intimidating when you think about, oh, I wonder, like I know their resume, you know, or I know that they're going to have a gatekeeper or two in front of them. And what must they think of me? And you can really go down a negative nerve wracking channel. And if you don't think of it and like what you said, like they could change your life. I'm going to tell you a short story, how I've overcome some of those situations. Whenever someone now, and it's generally a building owner that I'm cold calling, hangs up on me, I literally write then and there, it might not be the most time efficient thing, but I literally then and there 
hang up the phone, grab a piece of paper, grab an envelope, and I write down, I'm so sorry I reached you at a bad time. Let me know when a good time is to speak with you. I write down my cell phone number, and I send it to their house. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. And it has, it has worked to get return phone calls over a dozen times now. Wow. And I think it's, the reason I like that is because, and I'll, sh- I'll share like something I've done that's not as intense or maybe as effective, but something in the same vein is that it really kind of puts another line out there to the person saying, hey, like we really do need to connect. And it's not because you, and it might be maybe these people are used to people wanting things from them. And, and you and I both know what we're trying to do is serve them. And so it kind of gives you a second chance to show that your mission is to help and not to beg for something. But my, my strategy has been immediately after I hang up, I will try to find them on LinkedIn and connect because potentially seeing like it goes back to the whole face to the name type of thing. And if you say, hi, like this is Garrett Wood, I would love to chat with you whatever. And then they get a LinkedIn thing that says Garrett Wood, then it's like, oh, like a double reminder. So what you're doing is that, but much more personal. Yeah. I love it. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I I'm so glad we could connect because that is the vibe that I got from you. The second we connected is just that you're having a lot of fun in your life and you are waking up every day doing what you love and you're inspired to do it and to work hard. Like I definitely get the hard work vibe from you, but not in a hustle till you're miserable way, if that makes sense. Is that something that you are, that's natural to you or something that you feel like you've kind of always been, you've always lived your life that way? You know, I've always been a hard worker and my dad really instilled in my brother and I just hard work ethic. We owned our own company kind of growing up and my dad let me, it was a landscaping company. And it was something that was created out of necessity after he was laid off. And my brother and I worked for him. And we would work every Saturday and Sunday. And we would work after school, sometimes during the week. And I think we started, my brother must have been 10 years old and I was 12 years old. And then high school came and my dad let both my brother and I actually operate the company. So that's what we did. Such good experience. It really was. And that's what kind of got me through a portion of college. And then we ended up selling that company. And that's when I actually went into aerospace first. But then I went back into the hotel industry. And yeah, that's kind of my, in a nutshell, I like working. <laughs> I'd rather, I would rather be working than like sitting and watching TV or really doing anything else. Well, I mean, I think just the fact that you worked seven days a week for eight months can speak to that because you wouldn't be where you are if you didn't enjoy it because it took a lot of work to get there. And, you know, we all know there's always work to be done. You know, it's just a matter of of seeing it as opportunity and something that excites you or something that really drags you down. And, and my goal with this podcast is just opening up my network to people I've met and come across, et cetera, that have such a good vibe about work and, and not, not, not in a negative way. You're doing such a good job with it. I'm listening to all your podcasts. Oh, love. Well, I appreciate that. I really, really appreciate your support. And I guess I'd like, if you could, to leave the listeners with any advice that you would give to someone either you know, right out of college or someone who might be thinking about shifting gears, but they're not sure if it's the right time. Because I feel like you've, you've changed paths multiple times and you've also been in a role that's pretty high pressure, but it doesn't seem to rattle you. I think the biggest piece of advice that I could give anyone is to save money. Yes. (laughs) Tell us more. Tell us more. I'm a pretty big Dave Ramsey fan. And when I was in my early 20s, I went to the Financial Peace University, which is one of his little programs. And I was the only single guy amongst a bunch of 40 and 50-year-old married couples that was trying to figure out this financial thing at a church by my house. And it was, A, there seeing what they were doing at that point in their life versus where I was just kind of getting started and getting out of college and figuring it out. If you have money in the bank, there is just a 
different type of feeling when things happen, knowing that you can still pay the mortgage. For me, that's important. For some people, it might drive them a little bit harder. But I think that it's, it's just important to have money in the bank. So just save money for the rainy day, and you're never going to regret having money in the bank. Well, thank you for that. I think that's something that people need to hear often because I always say it's similar to somebody saying you need to eat vegetables, right? We all know we need to do it, but actually taking the time to do it is not easy. It's true. Yeah. It is true. I really appreciate your time today and I'm going to have you shoot me your links, all the things that you'd like for the listeners to see, to to connect with you. Is there anything you can say really quickly? Because I think people need to hear things and read them. If you want to shout out your Instagram or your email or whatever, feel free. Absolutely. I'll use my Instagram and it's AZ Commercial Real Estate. So just AZ Commercial Real Estate. And then cell phone number is 602-510-2204. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. I'm going to put those in the show notes too. And I love that you put your cell phone number out there because I'm all about that. It's like, connect, like call me, let's talk. (laughs) Yes, please. Right? I love it. I I would love it. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on. I'm so glad we could finally do this. And I hope to... I hope to connect with you in real life in 2019. Hopefully at a, at a conference, we can bump into each other. Are you going to ICSC? I am. Are you yes. I'll see you there. If you guys are putting up your preach hands and nodding your head yes to things that are said either out of my mouth or out of my interviewees' mouths, and you so, so, so relate, we would absolutely love to see you post about our podcast in your Instagram stories. Please also comment on our Instagram Dare to Move podcast posts. If you do a post in your stories three times and you comment on one of our podcast posts and you give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you are using, we will be rewarding one lucky person every month with a $100 gift card to Amazon. Your comments, your feedback, your critiques, and your reviews are so helpful to us. So thank you for those of you who have done them. And please, please, please help us out if you are enjoying our content. It helps us out when you share it with your community and when you tell iTunes that we're doing a great job. So please comment, please share on Instagram in your stories, please comment on our Dare to Move podcast post and we will enter your name into a drawing for a hundred bucks. Easy money, guys. Thanks again. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to connect, you can reach me at Garrett N. Wood on Instagram or the podcast Instagram at Dare to Move Podcast. Imagine that. I hope you have an amazing day. And just so you know, our podcast is where we explore all the productivity hacks, business scaling tools, and unique characteristics and personality traits of entrepreneurs leading the way in the portfolio lifestyle. Get inspired, gain actionable steps, and feel like you're connecting with genuine people who are making an impact all by way of careers which they designed. And that being said, if you are someone doing any of the aforementioned, I would love to have you on the show. I obviously explore my network and reach out to the people I know, but I want everyone to have an opportunity. So do not hesitate to reach out and request an interview. And let me know if you know somebody who you think would be really exciting for the Dare to Move podcast to interview. I hope you have an awesome day. And as always, dare to move. Dare to move.